The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my first guest this morning is sharing her story of fast living, addiction and recovery using a combination of Ayurveda and yoga. Sheila Kearney is the woman behind The Collective and she's here to tell us her story and the ethos of The Collective in Washford City. You're very welcome. Thank you very much, Orla. It's great to be here. Now, before we start, you need to explain to us, because I see this word all the time and I don't know what it is, Ayurveda. Yes, Ayurveda means the science of life and it would be the sister science of yoga. So it's a lot to do with the elements, the five elements, and it's uh, your time of birth. You're born with uh, dosha, predominance, and it's about keeping the body in alignment and in harmony with nature. What are the five elements? So air, ether, fire, water and earth. Okay, and it's about keeping you in harmony with those. It is. So in our body, we're we're composed of these elements. So it's about keeping those in check. So you would be primarily a vata, pitta or a kapha person. And once you know which blend you are, it's easier to tailor your diet or lifestyle or certain activities. So what a pitta person would eat would be very different to how a kapha person would eat. And how would you find out if you're a pitta or a kapha? So it works with the consultation of a questionnaire that the practitioner will ask you a series of questions based around maybe your body temperature, size, um, your, your, your um, personality characteristics. Um, then you will do pulse diagnostics to take the pulse. Um, also facial analysis. So many aspects can be taken into account. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how did you come to do what you're doing now? Because w- when I spoke to you before, your your life was very different before you experienced what yoga and Ayurveda does for you. Extremely different. I moved to um, the UK when I was 18 for university and I moved to London at 21 and working in fashion. Uh, I set up my own personal shopping company and through my 20s, I got involved in a very fast pace, high end, glamorous world, flying all over all over the world, red carpet events, um, you know, and with that came, you know, a lot of alcohol and substances and I was exhausted, burnout almost. And I, yeah, I came to yoga at the very end of my 20s and I discovered Ayurveda to heal a lot of things I had set wrong in my body. So what do you mean a lot of things that you set wrong in your body? So I would have um, I would have been experiencing like early um, even osteoporosis. Um, I was very thin. Um, I had developed, uh, I had eating disorders or eating obsession from a young age. So the obsession with being thin um, and it escalated through that world in London and the fashion business. Um, so healing and learning to, you know, we create a lot of drama with food sometimes mm-hmm. when there is drama inside, maybe with bullying in school or maybe through the workplace or maybe with family, um, you know, dynamics. Um, the easiest way to recreate that drama is with our is with our food and with our eating. And um, this has been predominant throughout my whole life um, and learning Ayurvedic's way of that food is love and how to nourish correctly and eat correctly. It healed my 10 years of bulimia. It healed everything. So I have a beautiful relationship with it now. And most of the issues I was having in my body um, have been reversed. And are they the two main things that you were doing, Ayurveda and yoga? Or were you going to other places? Did you do therapy or anything like that? I have done everything. I have been to um, two rehab centres, one in America, um, one in Ireland. 
I have because done, of your eating disorder or a uh, addiction, lot of stuff addiction, addiction. Addic- so yep. it's a it goes all under the umbrella yes, of addiction yep. and it's your fast living and glamour was kind of feeding into that was it? Hugely feeding into it it was the norm in London you know completely normal um, the way and for some people can do that obviously yeah and you mostly can through your 20s you've been very functional and um, with plenty of money you can also you know bring yourself to a spa the next day and heal very easily from it it's, it's a vicious circle mm. um, but eventually um, the body gives in and you realize that it's not working for you. And did your body give in physically or mentally? Both. I would say it was physically very obvious and mentally then through the years. I started to get recovery at 29, 30 when I became really aware there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, cocaine was the substance of choice. Okay. And I suppose the mind through relapses, when you get recovery... Um, you become very aware of recovery talk in your mind. So when you have a relapse, um, be it with food, be it with a behavior, be it um, with a substance, you know, that the mind is very upset when it's then going against the grain, going against your path and a psychological break becomes very quick, very fast. Oh, okay. It's like it knows that yeah. recovery could be coming and it doesn't want to. So my re- recent experiences... Um, were very bad psychologically. Okay. So I've had to put in um, a lot of effort with recovery every day. It's an everyday, everyday journey. Yeah, I can imagine. And the recovery centres, did they come in your late 20s or before that? They were in my 30s. Oh, okay. So yeah. they kind of came hand in hand with yoga and Ayurveda. Definitely. I would say there there was a lot of yoga, spirituality. I mean, um, recovery is very spiritually based on principles mm-hmm. and the recovery centres had yoga, mindfulness, meditation. So you've decided to come home. Uh, was that a big decision? Um, it, I was. Le- I left myself with no choice. Okay. Um, <laughs> what does so that mean? <laughs> I have a very supportive family okay. and I had invested in a studio previous to moving home. So I already had this beautiful yoga studio. It was House of Yoga with Carla Kelly and oh, I yes. already had that relationship here. So there was a great reason to move home. Mm-hmm. Um, so four years ago, I fully moved back. I had tried even previously, but then ran away again to Bali, Los Angeles, okay. India, you name it. I was always running away from myself. Okay. Uh, but now I'm home um, and I'm very happy to be back. And the collective is in Johnstown and it's my it's my baby. I love it in there. There's eight of us beautiful teachers and it's becoming a real it's becoming a real hub for people coming in, not just for yoga, but for ceremonies, for women's circles, um, and a lot of men, 50% men. What is your, like, what's your objective? What would you love to see the collective being or what it even is right now? What, what would you like well, to see? Well, I'd like the collective to stand for the collective uh, consciousness, so a raise in people's awareness of their pain, of their trauma, of the healing needed, especially through these times. Uh, we're all becoming a little bit more awake and aware and I see people transform in there weekly, uh, especially with um, breathworks on Tuesdays. It's a very immersive class and, you, you know, people crying, people letting go, releasing. Um, it's just, yes, yeah, wonderful to see. Wow. And, you know, I always find like things like yoga and Ayurveda compared to what you were talking about your life in London. Is there a middle ground? Can you do a little bit of both? Or did you feel you had to leave everything behind? I think there is a middle ground if you're not an addict. If you are the type of person who can have a nice dinner and a few glasses of wine, um, you know, great. Um, Addicts can't do that. 
um, one drink uh, can send a turmoil mm-hmm. of behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we're just a, a certain class of people. You can't. Um, I would like to be able to, but it's not something I can right now. But do you find that people who come to the collective who might perhaps, you know, do an hour of breath work, but want to go back to, you know, eating what they want or whatever we say? Or, or oh, you know? absolutely. I mean, um, people coming through the studio are, you know, finding their own way and their mm. own journey um, after breath work. We don't recommend drinking alcohol, but if you have a great release and a transformative experience and you know, you really, you know, um, something comes up and you realize it. And then on the weekend, you're like, that was great. I'm going out to celebrate with my Mm. partner. I'm going to have a gorgeous dinner with some wine that, you know, Mm. lifestyle is is um, is a journey for our whole lives. Nobody's going to get it perfect. We all love, you know, beautiful slice of chocolate cake or. Yeah. I mean, we can't be too hard on ourselves. We're here to live. And I sometimes feel that that can be a lot of people's fears that, you know, you're asking people to give up everything that they know and everything that they love in order to follow this lifestyle that ultimately you might know is, you know, it's a higher ground or a higher plane, but you don't want to give up your slice of chocolate cake. Yoga is a it's a it's a way of living and it is a lifelong journey. I would say the biggest um, thing with a yoga way of life is slowing down and just even in our words and reactions to just be a bit more mindful. Okay. It doesn't matter about the food or uh, what you wear, what you're driving, but even just being a bit more mindful yeah. about, you know, compassion and kindness. And that is the buzzword these days, mindfulness, isn't it? And, and easier said than done, I sometimes think, you know, which is why there's so many classes in it as yes. well. Let's talk about just one of your workshops that you have at the collective and that is the Rise of the Queen workshop. This sounds gorgeous. Tell us a little bit about this. So this will be on the 30th of October and it's with Barbara, a beautiful intuitive lady who's coming in to do a little bit of Akashic Records. So she's doing some card readings and she wants to invoke the um, divine feminine and stepping into your power. So we'll be doing mood boards, um, sharing, you know, going through a series of rituals that she's prepared for the day. Um, she is a very powerful lady herself. I believe you've interviewed her before. Um, a lot of people would know her. So um, I've had a, a reading with her myself and I was blown away with what she what she told me that was going on with wow. me in that moment. It and was you bang that. on. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So is that a day long event or is it a couple of hours? It's or? a it's a half day event on okay. a Sunday on the thirtieth. Lovely. So that is this day week, October the thirtieth, um, the Sunday as you said. Um, if you want to get more details on the Rise of the Queen workshop and all the stuff that the collective does, they are in Johnstown in Washford. It is the collective washford.ie Sheila thank you so much for coming in and telling us your story I'm sure you'll have inspired lots of people thank you so much Orla my pleasure The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 oh my pal is sitting beside me and is very panned out and it's not a human you'll be glad to hear because then we'd be in a bit of trouble there's a lovely doggy called Luna 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 is just lying there, Frances. I think she's completely made herself at home in the beach studio. She likes you. Oh, I like her. <laughs> I think I like all dogs, though. Um, but sitting across from me this morning is a woman and Luna's parent who has a business opportunity epiphany. Thanks to Luna. Uh, Frances O'Reilly is based by the sea in County Waterford and she got fed up with that post-beach doggy smell and having to use her towels to clean up. She came up with Dog Dry and she's here to tell us more. You're very welcome. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And tell us about this lovely girl who's sitting beside me. What age is Luna? So Luna, she's nearly three. Oh, um, is that all? Yeah, she's a golden retriever. She's pure white because I know your radio listeners can't see her. <laughs> and she's a golden retriever and she's into water. And when I say into water, I mean quite literally into water. <laughs> every puddle, every river, every anything she's nearby. And she's such a quiet, mild, meek character normally. But when she's near water, she just comes alive. She's really herself. It's like what she was born to do. Okay. And so it'd be mean not to let her oh, go totally. in. Yeah. Um, but going in you know, this big wet dog comes out afterwards and she has to get into the car or, you know, even if it's out running in the field, she has to come back into the house and it was a huge mess. And so the combination of Luna loving water and me not loving excess housework kind of came together and and I needed to find a way to, to deal with and it. And Dog Dry was born. Now yeah. you're in the lucky position that not only where you're based in County Waterford, you're not just by the beach, you're by an estuary as well. So very mucky, muddy water too. Oh yes, there are times of the day when you go and it is just pure silt yes. and she looks like a, a sheep with black legs when she comes <laughs> back and her whole belly's black. But because she doesn't mind water, you can just rinse her off with the garden hose Okay, and then you just have a wet dog to deal with rather than a filthy wet dog. OK, so it's a gorgeous red colour, this um, dog dry. And there's lots of different elements to it. So tell us about the design. And, and did you design it yourself? Um, it was my idea, but I did have to get professional help to do the design properly. So um, what I was looking at is, well, you know, how do other products keep wet under control? And I said, well, what do nappies do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so nappies, you know, they absorb all the water from the baby's skin and then they take it into a centre and then they hold it there yeah, until you're locking in that and, we see in all the ads. And what's really important is the baby's comfortable wearing mm-hmm. it because if a baby's not comfortable, you know, they'll scream, they won't wear a nappy. And so I wanted something that was as comfortable on a dog as a nappy is on a baby. So okay. that was the starting point. Um, and so it's made with three layers of fabric. There's a, a layer that wicks the moisture into a centre. The central layer of fabric is really absorbent and that holds it. And then outside is waterproof. And so everything stays within the robe when it's on them, drying them. And nothing will leak out when they lie down. Their body weight won't push the water through like it would with a cotton towel or a toweling robe. Or, you know, if it hasn't got that waterproof layer, you'll have a damp patch when they lie down. So when they take off the coat, what does the coat look like then? Once you've had them in the car and, you know, you're not getting all the wet dog everywhere. But what is the actual dry dog like after that? It'll feel really heavy because it'll be full of water. Okay, And do you wash it every time? Um, I wouldn't. I, well, again, I told you I'm not that into housework. Yeah. If it's dirty, I'll wash it. If it's just wet, I'll hang it up and it'll dry overnight and then okay. it's ready to go the so next it's day. It's like a dry robe for dogs of, of, for yes. all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <fancy. laughs> now, your washing machine. Um, how does that work? I do know I have someone in my life that would refuse to let me put dog beds into a washing machine. So well, I'm sure dry dog is the same. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll go in the washing machine. Okay. And we also, we do sell, as a as an extra, we sell laundry bags, that a mesh bag that you can put it into. And that does help if there's hair on it. The hair won't get, you know, go all over your machine. It'll okay. trap it. That's what um, you want. So. Yeah. What's the reaction been like to dog dry? The reaction has been fantastic. Really? Like, I'm really, you know... You're a little bit overwhelmed, actually, that customers who've bought them and we're we're very new. We're only on the market less than two months. But customers who buy them, they send me photographs and they tag us on our Instagram, get a wet dog dry. And, you know, 
and it's, it's often it's dogs that are a little bit awkward to fit. So mm-hmm. rescue dogs that aren't even proportions and people find it very hard to find something that fits comfortably on those dogs. And dog dry is designed to adjust for different body types. Okay. So it'll, I mentioned earlier, I had to get in help from a fashion designer. That's where we really needed the help is the cut and the fit. So, you know, the way good clothes move nicely mm-hmm. with you. The same way dog dry is is cut so that dogs can move completely naturally when they're wearing it and they'll be comfortable. And then the red colour, was that the designer's choice as well, the red? Um, I asked for it to be bright and cheerful, kind of inspired by a sunrise (laughs) in Waterford and and we landed on on that lovely red colour. Gorgeous. It's absolutely lovely. Now, Luna's quite a big dog. Is she wearing the biggest size? She is, yes. She's wearing an extra large, so she's a golden retriever. And that'll fit, you know, golden retrievers, Bernies or, or a greyhound. Wow. OK, so um, even Bernies. Okay. Yes. And then what's the smallest size The for? smallest size, um, we are, we've just got samples in of our 2XS, which is tiny. So, so uh, not quite that small. If, okay. it's, if the dog is so small that it would fit in your handbag, it still probably won't fit. But a, a toy terrier. Um, it'll fit. Okay, lovely. And I suppose there are certain dogs that don't go near the sea anyway, so there's not a possibility that they need them. Oh, yeah, they go out and walk in the rain and come in wet. And and sometimes it's it's more how long their hair is or how long they take to dry is Mm. the issue. So like a little King Charles um, shaking in your hall is not a little mess. (laughs) No, that is not a little mess. Oh, Luna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Luna has stood up now. I must have frightened her whatever I was doing there. I have to say, it feels lovely. I'm just petting her here. Does she like it? She likes it. And and that's the whole thing because if you buy something and then your dog's not comfortable in it, you'll get no use out of it. And I see her Um, tail. Is there a section here her tail goes into? Yes. Or is that the way that it wraps around? It it fastens underneath her tail and that's to pull it down so it'll dry the back legs because a lot of dogs have those fine feathery hairs all down their back and so it, it covers that area. And so can, what do you do like if you're heading to different beaches or the estuary you throw her into the car with this on her? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I put it on her just before she gets in the car and okay. she jumps up into the car and sits down and, and then Do you it, find even it kind of encapsulate, encapsulate, encapsulates the hair even you know I find it my wet dogs that means more hair in my car. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. And then because you know you can't cover every single bit of them like there's still a tail sticking out there's a head sticking out <laughs> and so that's why we 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 um, designed the little mitt that comes with it and clips on. Oh yes, yes. So you use that to dry her paws and her tail and her ears because she won't want to have her ears covered up. She, it's uncomfortable to have the ears covered. And how did she react, react to it the first time? I'm sure she was your prototype. Was she? she was. Well, actually, the, the, I have two dogs and they were both great because you put something on them and you know immediately by their body language that this is going to work or this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so there were one or two. I mentioned the ears when we pulled a collar up over their ears to dry it. And their heads just dropped and, okay. you know, they, they, they were just, oh, touched. no, they no, they didn't. Okay. So, And are sales picking up now as we head towards Christmas? Are sales. people thinking of, the, of Christmas time? Yes, they are. And a lot of people, you know, dogs are part of the family. So a lot of people buy something good for their dog at mm-hmm. Christmas. Might be a new bed or hopefully this Christmas it'll be a dog dry. Um, because when you're opening presents, you don't want to have no. one member of the family <laughs> not getting anything. Like, it just feels strange. No, it really does. I think dogs are such a part of people's families. And especially if you are living near the coast or in Ireland where it rains a lot, something like this could work for you, for your dog, for Christmas time. 
The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. This is in your diary if you're in County Wexford. The Ford Bikeathon takes place on North Main Street, Wexford on this coming Friday, the 28th of October between 10am and 4pm. It is to raise funds for the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre. And to tell us more about this centre, I'm joined by Diane O'Neill. She's a, the administrator of the Ford, but she's also a qualified psychotherapist. And she joins me on the grill this morning. You're very welcome. Thank you, Orla, and thank you for having me. No problem at all. You might tell us a little bit about the Ford and, and what you aim to do there. OK, so the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre has been a counselling centre in Wexford for over 30 years. Okay, OK, so offering counselling support to adults 18, 18 years of age upwards. All right. Okay. And um, it offers uh, support to people who will be maybe suffering with depression, anxiety, stress, um, bereavement. And of late, there are COVID issues that are emerging as well, too. And, you know, the cost of living and all of those kind of things that people will get support around. And it is a charity organisation. We are a charity, yes. We are a charity. And what does that mean for people who might want to use the services? How how does that work? Okay, so we are an affordable counselling service. Okay. So how that works is we ask our clients to contribute towards their session, starting from €10. So say if someone is unemployed, €10 would be what the session would cost them. Okay, and if people have maybe a part time job or are in full time, then we ask to slide up the scale a little bit then to maybe 20 euro, 30 euro, 40 euro. We find an amount that is affordable for people. Mm -hmm. We do not want the money to stop people coming, you know, that the need is there for the service. Um, Just last month alone, so in September, there was nearly 200 calls alone into the service that's called in. okay, and it is a mixture of ages from 18 upwards, as I said, that's the age group we work with. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed and just uh, because I am the one that answers the phone calls. All right. Mm -hmm. So I have noticed there's a lot more men ringing in as well. So that would probably, you know, give some inclination as to the need that's there um, if more men are ringing in and we get nearly 200 calls in a month yeah, I imagine. looking for, um, for support and for counselling. And you talked and about the cost of living there. Like even if you're in a, a full time yeah. job, that, you know, 60 to 80 euro that a therapy session could take yeah. is an, is yeah. a, and, you know, weekly is... A huge yeah. amount of money, it's a really. Lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a shock. Because if you, if yeah, if you have a, a family and a young family, and they're in school or college or whatever, and you know, full time employment doesn't necessarily mean, as you've just said, that you can afford to pay mm. 60, 70, 80 euro for a session weekly. You know, so this is where our service comes in is we cover that gap you know where it's people to can't hear afford that, Diane isn't it because I do think yeah I, I think even myself if I wanted to go to a therapy session I would probably think well you know charity organizations might necessarily be for me because I'm in full-time employment whereas we shouldn't really think yeah. like that should we no no because 
to me personally, everybody deserves the support there. You know, they money shouldn't stop them to to come and get the support. You know mm. what I mean? So that's I feel is really why our service is so important. You know, mm. um, it 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 helps people out because money could be one thing that people are struggling with. Totally. You know, and it stops people reaching out for support. So that's why we, we feel we are, you know, we are there for that reason. And it's been a strange couple of years, really, hasn't it? And we were talking it has, Orla, before yeah. you came on air about really people who are 18 plus and, you know, yeah. might have started college in the midst of the pandemic yeah. and suddenly they have no social outlet or might have done their leaving yeah. cert or, you know, all mm-hmm. those um, landmarks that come thick and fast yeah. when you're 16 onwards were kind of taken away from people. Completely, yeah, completely robbed. And I can I can see it in the centre here in the, you know, I, I can't give exact figures, OK, but mm-hmm. I can just see a pattern of age wise kind of that young adult emerging adult as we as we would call them in the therapy world, you know, the 18 up to 25 years of age that um, social anxiety is is a big thing you know not being able to leave maybe their bedroom or stuff like that you know it's they may um have their outlets may have gone you know sport mm-hmm. or hobbies or all of those might have gone because all of those stopped during the last couple of years yeah, totally. and we're creatures of habit as well too and when we get out of the habit of doing something mm-hmm. something that's good for us we don't realize at the time maybe that is good for us it can it can fall to the wayside a little bit oh, then totally. as well and too. Not to anybody's fault, you know. Now, of course, if yeah. you're 18 plus, you you can contact the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre. And you can, of course. Is there much yeah. of a waiting list if people are looking for therapy there? Yeah, we do. Unfortunately, yeah, we do have quite a large waiting list. Um, it's we try to accommodate people within probably six weeks, okay. you know, but okay. there's a lot Good of factors that come into that. You know, people give us days and times that work for them. Mm-hmm. Counselors give us spaces they have available and the days they have available may not match with okay. the so it's time a volunteer. and day that's used to people. So counselors are volunteering their time, really, are they? There are volunteer counselors mainly. We do have some paid counselors okay. as well. You know, over the years, we've it's to try and keep the experience here as well, too, of course. which is very good for the service overall, you know, um, and the the volunteers, they're all at a particular level of their training or they're pre-accredited or, you know, they're yeah. at different stages. Yeah. So um, it's it's all it's a professional service that we offer, you know, um, Good stuff. but it's yeah, it's hard to kind of match everybody up. Yeah, that's that's the difficulty you see yeah. as well, too. But well, if people we want to get the ball rolling, if they want to go on to your Facebook page, it's the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre and you're based in Wexford Town. But let's talk about raising we some are. funds for the Ford Please, as well yeah. with the Bikeathon. What are you asking or are certain people doing this? Or are you asking people to get involved in the Bikeathon? Well, uh, there's lots of different things kind of happening, Orla, to be honest with you. So... Okay. As you said at the beginning, there's there's going to be two bikes under a tent outside the front of the AIB on the main street in Wexford next mm-hmm. Friday, the 28th of um, October. And there's different businesses. There's maybe some county councillors. There's uh, 
maybe one or two famous people. Okay. I don't want to give any surprises <laughs> away. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, they will go on the bikes for 10 minutes. So there's two bikes there. So they'll do 10 minute slots. Now, some of those businesses will have taken sponsor cards. We have an I donate page that we um, have there. It's on, there's information on our, the event is on our Facebook page. So the I donate is mentioned in that. Um, we are also on Twitter and Instagram and um, what's the other one? And LinkedIn. Oh, very yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, we're on the four of those. Um, so we're asking people to take sponsor cards or share the I donate, you know, to mm-hmm. family, friends, whoever their their social circles are um, to get the word out. But businesses have also been contacted as well through there's a couple of people on a fundraising committee. So there's different businesses. Um, so the one big area we've moved into this year um, is health and beauty. Mm-hmm. OK, because one of the people on our committee is in that area okay. and it came up in in conversation at a committee meeting that beauty therapists and hairdressers are therapists in their own way. You yeah, know, true. people go, it's it's self-care, yeah, it's and well-being. Talk therapy. Yeah. And talk exactly. And so that's how the link came with that. So and we've um there's a couple of big companies maybe hopefully going to support us as well. They might okay, send brilliant. people to come in on the bikes and whatever. So that's what I'm saying. It's a mixture of everything and our own therapists here in the centre have taken sponsor cards as well. We will be shaking buckets on the day on the street as okay. well too. Um, we'll have four t-shirts on us, any of us that are belong to the forward um, if anybody is around on the day to, you know, come over and say hello um, so we can be recognised with our four t-shirts on us. Um, so yeah, it's hopefully, and we've one or two little surprises. We keep adding to it every year. So this is the third year it's happening. Okay. Um, and because it's festival time, we normally did it September, you know, so mm-hmm. we said we do a bit later this year and it's the begin. It's kind of right in the middle of the festival. OK, that being so the Opera Festival, open, of course. Yeah. Yes, Wexford Opera Festival. So there's there will be something linked to that okay. on the day Good as stuff. well, too. Great. Sounds great. Uh, the Bikeathon itself is on next Friday, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. North Main Street in Wexford, yeah. um, across from the AIB, as you said there yourself. And if you want to check it out yeah. and have a look at the I Donate page as well, just go on to the social media pages for the Ford. That is the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre. And that is the administrator and uh, qualified psychotherapist herself, Diane O'Neill. Diane, thanks a million for joining me and best of luck on Friday. <laughs> The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, let's head to Kilkenny where there's so much going on for Savour Kilkenny. It kicks off this coming Friday until Sunday. So that's October 28th until the 31st. And it has an objective of a journey to discovery and taste that will truly awaken the senses. And when we talk about what's on, you will see how uh, there's talks from experts, demos from top chefs, unique dining experiences. Marion Flannery is the director of the festival and she's on the phone this morning. You're very welcome back to the Sunday Grill. Long time no talk. Long time no talk, Orla. Thanks a million for having me on and I'm delighted to be back talking about Sabre Kenny. And I suppose like a lot uh, of things it. that I say long time no talk to, it was COVID that scuppered your plans for the past yeah. two years. 
Yeah, we, we're, we're back after a two-year break, Orlan. It's just fantastic to be back. It's just so exciting to be, you know, organising and, and delivering great festivals on the ground. Now, we did have online saver for the two years, which worked mm-hmm. quite well, but there's, there's nothing like being back in person. So, um, you know, Saver is obviously a fantastic festival. Uh, it's 16 years on the go. So of those 16 years, obviously with the two years online. Um, so we're all thrilled to be back. And as you've mentioned there, bringing a fantastic program uh, to Kilkenny and to the people of the southeast who I hope will flock in their great numbers to us uh, this weekend. You just um, have yeah. so much going on and so many chefs. People will recognise and maybe people that m- more people in the culinary sector would recognise. Just give us some of the names of people who will be at Savour. Yeah, we have some great names. We've our festival favourites, as always, for those of you who are, you know, watching the wonderful Rory O'Connell from Ballymaloo on TV on a regular basis. Rory is, you know, one of our, our great festival friends, and he's back, and he's doing two events for us. He's doing a free demo on the parade in our wonderful marquee that... Um, that is constructed and uh, ready for action. Uh, and Rory's on, on on Saturday at 4 p.m. And, you know, he always packs, packs, packs the house, uh, as does his very good friend, uh, Edward Hayden, who, along with our uh, stalwart Anne Neary, Anne from Ryland House Cookery School here, they're also on stage on Saturday. Uh, there's other names there, like you mentioned, Orla, you know, new people that we're delighted to have with us. Uh, people who who enjoy some delicious chocolates that are like are works of art when you when you when you get them. Grania uh, Grania Mullins is with us on Sunday morning for a free cookery demo at ten o'clock. Gorgeous. So she'll certainly get the old uh, taste buds going um, in the main in the main on the main stage on Sunday morning. And this is all um, on the parade like, in Kilkenny City. Yes, it's all well at the market, and all of the free demonstrations are on the parade. And you know, I suppose it started on Kieran Street back 16 years ago, and and it has grown exponentially. And um, I'm involved for the last 11 years, and uh, I suppose we used to occupy the, the the kind of bottom half of the parade from the traffic lights up to the castle. But you know what? Over the years, we've grown, and we are now all the way up the castle road, up to Nolte yeah. Road, because we have traders and wonderful people from all over. The country that come to bring their delicious food to Kilkenny for the weekend. So there's going to be just so much on offer um, for people to enjoy. And, you know, I suppose we love to, we boast that it's a festival for everybody, whether, you know, you want to have a Michelin star dining experience in Mount Juliet or whether you want to spend a fiver on the market for some delicious food from some of our traders. There is something for everybody at Savour. Brilliant. Now let's talk about the great Kilkenny Bake Off. Of course, Mountain View markets, which are in County Kilkenny, but they move in to the city, don't they? And they're having a great Kilkenny Bake Off on the Sunday of Savour Kilkenny. That's right. Actually, delighted to talk about that because it's um, hosted by Mountain View, as you mentioned. Mountain View out in Ballyhale have great Sunday markets happening out there as well as a lovely venue. So Sophie and B came to us with this idea, you know, to get involved. And we're always, you know, welcome people with open arms that want to get involved with us at the festival. So they wanted to do something uh, uh, for charity. They wanted to do something in particular for the Irish Heart Foundation, which is a cause close to their, their hearts and all our hearts, actually. So uh, they came up with the idea to do the Great Kilkenny Bake Off. Um, so there's going to be two very uh, well-known hurlers and two camogie players who shall rename name, ma- nameless for okay. the moment. 
Uh, it'll be emceed by Edward Hayden. Okay, good And stuff. there is sure to be great fun at that. So that's at five o'clock on Sunday. Now, we're asking people for a donation uh, to the Irish Heart Foundation. We've suggested 20 euros, but if people just want to put some money into the collection box on the day, they can do that as well. Okay, good stuff. Before your dogs go crazy, let's just tell people how they can get tickets. So is it mostly on the website and you have to book everything? Everything Oral is on our website. Apologies for the, the mad hounds That's outside. Okay. They're getting, also getting very excited <laughs> about Saver Kilkenny. Um, yeah, everything. We have a very comprehensive website. Um, so everything is on that, saverkilkenny.com. And, you know, there's something, as I say, for everybody, whether you're, you, you want, you know, actually, do you know what? Those are giving me a great opportunity to mention something. Okay. We go right through into the Monday now because okay. we have Madra Monday. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and they're obviously talking, you know, very keen on that. Um, and what happens so, on Madra uh, Monday? Monday is brought to you on the parade on Monday. So all dogs of all shapes and sizes are welcome. Oh, wow. okay. Uh, Red Mills are, are working with us on that. So there's dog shows, there's dog talks, there's doggy health, there's, you know, lots, lots of fun and activities for dogs. And they've now gone silent on, on Monday uh, down on the parade. So that's on from one o'clock to six o'clock. So if people take a look on Red Mills' own website, they'll see how to register their pooch and come down and have some great fun. Okay, brilliant. That was your dogs reminding you of that there, Marianne. You know? <laughs> They're just so excited about it. So excited. <laughs> what good boys. Well, it is Saver Kilkenny. It is next weekend, next Friday. In fact, just before the bank holiday. And the reason that you're doing the Modra Monday is because that is the bank holiday Monday. So no excuse. SaverKilkenny.com. Or if you want to go onto Red Mill's website, that's where you'll find the Modra Monday stuff and that you can register. But just have a look at so much going on on the timetable for Saver Kilkenny. As I said at the start, so many recognisable names and then not so recognisable names, but doing really brilliant stuff with food. Enjoy it, Marion. And thank you so much for talking to me this thanks, morning. Orla. Thanks, thanks so much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, the promo trail has been hot for our movie this week and all Irish main cast for the Banshees of Inish... What is it? Banshees of Inish Eirin. Inish Eirin. They have Inish Eirin? Yeah, Inish yeah. Eirin. Uh, it's a black comedy drama film written and directed by Martin McDonough. You know that name as well. He brought us 12, 10... Billboards. Three billboards. <laughs> Three billboards. Seven psychopaths. He's brilliant. And the guard. And the guard, which I thoroughly disliked. But anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I d- didn't really like it. Didn't enjoy it at all. Um, Martin McDonough is his name. It stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, Barry Keown, and so many uh, faces that you will recognise from soaps and the comedy trail here in Ireland. It's already doing well on the awards circuit, but who cares about them when all that matters is Brian Griffin's yeah. review? Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are sitting by the radio right now. Yeah. Fingers like, crossed. Yeah, just like tears potentially in yeah, their eyes. This is a make or break profit moment when it comes <laughs> to Brian's review. Let's have a listen to a clip and then he'll tell us what he thought. Colin, Sonny, Larry. Didn't you? He used to be the best of friends. We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. When you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You liked me yesterday. Why does he not want to be friends with you no more? Why is he 12? What the hell's going on with you, me feckin' brother? He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. The other night, 
two hours you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite. It was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. I love this because me and my friends always say that there is no worse put down than you're very dull. Yeah. Like, I would hate oh, that. But that, like, that, that is or, uh, essentially the premise of this entire movie. Okay, tell us about it because uh, the trailer looks great and as usual, I'm going to say the words that never come true. I would definitely go and see this movie. Joe, you know I'm going to say, I'm going to say, and normally when you're like, um, see it, I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I feel like you would actually really, really enjoy it. Oh, that. I just watched the trailer with, I burst out laughing and there was someone sitting behind me in the office going, why is she laughing yeah, at? I, it's I, when they said, oh, he's very dull. And it's the kind of movie as well, I feel like the less you know, the better going in. I, okay. w- I wouldn't look at the cast because there is a little surprise in there that I oh. think Irish people I I'm because I saw it in Venice. Oh yeah, in Italy, Still and um, that, are we? Still yeah, that and uh, it was one of those things where this, well, something happened, and I started laughing, but I knew nobody else in the audience understood. Like why. a very Irish thing happened, or it's something this, to do with an Irish actor. It's the most Irish Hollywood movie I've ever seen. Okay, and it's like like because <laughs> at the start they're talking about that they've been rowing, right. and I was like, I can't imagine Italian people know what rowing is. <laughs> You know, yeah, but I loved it yeah. because it's like that's how we would like that. Are, oh, totally. are you around? It's like it sounds yeah. like you're around. It's like I loved it, and it's just one of those like so it's, it's essentially about Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were best friends, but they're not best friends but anymore. Colin Farrell's character doesn't realize they're not best friends, he doesn't, anymore. not okay. Not, and then he's actually at the rest of the movie is Colin Farrell trying to come to terms with Brendan Gleeson why he's not his best friend anymore, okay, and more details emerge. And it's 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 such a simple story because it's like it's such a an Irish there's nothing going on in a town mm. kind of story yeah. where it's like these lads who were best friends that are no longer best friends is the talk of the town there's because a big age gap exactly. between the two best friends though as well isn't there ah, but it's just one of those things they're in the countryside okay. that's all the, the other people that are there like yeah, yeah okay but um, it's it's one of it's it's such a fun little movie like is I mean it? it's it's I think it's it's going to end up on Disney Plus anyway, but oh, I would brilliant. I would say go to the cinema to see it as well, like you know. Okay, so this is one of these movies, a bit like Glass Onion, that's been given a cinema release because they're thinking it'll get lots of awards. See, I I I think it could definitely get lots because mm. like the cast, like Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, and Barry Keown, like that alone is for oh, any totally. movie is like good totally. enough, like you know. And it's funny to see Barry Keown and Colin Farrell because Colin Farrell is such a massive fan. Like I, I've yeah. seen him in interviews talk about like Barry Keown and what. Oh well, they've been in some is. movies before. They yeah. were in Killing a Sacred Deer together. Yeah. Um, like was, the music is even. You know, it's a little bit diddly eye, but you know, you know by it that it's just a bit. Like it's called a black comedy drama. So I'm waiting for all the bad things to happen because yeah. of the black comedy bit. But if the trailers end to go by, it's it's it. It reminds me of like you know like an Irish ballad from like yeah like nineteen. 20s whatever it's like this is really like fun song and then you listen to the lyrics and it's about all these people dying and you're like <laughs> okay that's that's how I could describe this movie so it's set in a very west of Ireland type of area oh, is it very barren and oh yeah it's like there's okay. there's nothing happening but like very accurate to the west of Ireland still uh, but <laughs> no comment yeah. no comment it's 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 just like it's it's incredibly Irish you know mm. and it's it's never shy about being Irish it never tries to Americanize any Irishness because it's set in like I feel like 1920s-ish okay. Ireland so it's like it's like hardcore Ireland you know okay and written not just directed by, by but written by Martin McDonough as well who's just like like he's done massive plays and everything in the past too like he is known as a playwright and a screenwriter producer and director too he just has some brilliant stuff out there doesn't he he does like it's it's one of those things where 
it's almost every one of his things is a hit, even if it wasn't an instant hit yeah. in the cinema or whatever. It's it's one of those things that people have really held highly, like, you know. And you know who his partner in life is? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I did not know that. Yeah. I've just seen it there now. Is that a new thing? Uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't learn about it until uh, I saw her at the world premiere when I was in Venice <laughs> at the time. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when are, when are, are we going to have to put a ban on the V word? Uh, I think, well, until December, until the whale comes out. I feel like that would be the last one. Okay. Well, I'll just be talking about how much I cried at that anime, so it's not exactly going to be... Okay. <laughs> This is my big one where I can where I can brag or just give me this one. That's all I and, can have. You know, you said that it was so Irish when you were in Venice, but was there a good reaction to oh, it from yeah. the Italians and such? Yeah, so I think like maybe nine out of ten jokes people were, were getting. Right. But I feel like there was like that odd Irish little joke that they just like, just like Irish culture in a way that you don't really see it that often, you know? Okay. And it's just, they didn't really get it, but it's just how they do things. And like, it's just, it's so... It's so Irish. Like, it's, it's shown the way in, like, the countryside, like, and nothing really happens. Mm. And it's, like, in a town where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, going for a pint in the pub is basically the highlight of the, the mm-hmm. day. That, like, that's literally it. And Colin Farrell is always looking forward to his pint with his friend. And, and his friend doesn't want to make Yeah, and he's heartbroken about it, like, you know? Okay. So it's it's a fun story. And, like, the whole all the performances are fantastic. Okay, and Barry Keown, where does he come in on this? Because, again, the age gap is quite massive yeah. here. So Barry Keown is, like... The, the local messer who's, okay. <laughs> who's so like, the complete opposite of Colin Farrell's dull character yeah so so when when Brendan Gleeson stops becoming friends with Colin Farrell Barry Keown starts hanging out with Colin Farrell instead okay and he's, he's kind of looking up to him a small bit but Colin Farrell's kind of half pushing him away but also he doesn't want to be on his own either so it's like it's, it's it, I love it yeah it's, it's, it's pretty fun like. yeah and is it long my usual question it's, it didn't feel too long but it did kind of drag it is two hours and 14 no no it's no, just under two hours okay so it's 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 not like well it is a small bit drag a small bit but that's that's okay like it's like 90% of the time you don't worry about it but there are some times you're like okay okay retreading a small bit of the same ground okay. but it's yeah. all, like it's still it's still and it fun, doesn't like. sound as if the plot, plot is so thick that it needs to it's be that n- massive in, of time in no way is there like any surprises it's exactly exactly what happens is exactly what happens they're, okay. they're, yeah now you went to see it in the V word I did actually yeah, I did see it in the V word yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you go back to see it here did you re, re like you know you are someone who like when mm. says if you like something you'll see it twice am yeah. I right I haven't seen it yet but I I feel like I might. I okay. feel like I might go see it with my friends as well because yeah. it is a pretty fun thing. And you all, like when comedies, it's comedy is the same kind of horror, really. You want to see it with people. Definitely. Because you can enjoy it more. And with people them, who then. get that comedy. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, let's black pudding it. Another truly Irish yeah, thing. Yeah, it's incredible. Black it's the black pudding has never been more fitting. Exactly. I, I let's it do it. Like a nine out of 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is the one that you asked me next week on the Sunday Grill. Orla, did you go and see The Banshee of Inishirin? And I will say. Probably not. No, I will go. <laughs> Can we have this clip saved for next week and yes. play it back when you inevitably yes. say you haven't? Let's yeah. do that. Okay. okay. Grand. Nine black puddings out of ten. A massive Irish cast and a funny black comedy drama. It is the Banshee of Inishir. And is the Banshee in it at all? The Banshee is kind of talked about. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Wow, when I was a child, I was so terrified of the Banshee for some weird reason. Okay. They're only crisps. They are only crisps. <laughs> I love a Banshee bone, me. Thanks a million. No bother at all. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.